helping CEOs and business leaders discover the energy to perform exceptional brilliance and positively impact the lives of those around them. Be inspired by world leaders, game-changing influencers, and next-level gurus. This is the Active CEO Podcast, where the ordinary don't belong. And now your host, CEO and founder of Energy to Perform, international speaker and leadership performance coach, Craig Johns. Kia ora, and hi, I'm Craig Johns, and welcome to episode 131 of the Active CEO Podcast where we're decoding the next segment of Breaking the CEO Code. Over the past four Breaking the CEO Code episodes, we've been introducing the 10 elements of leading high-performing teams. Today, we're talking about collaborative leadership, how to provide a collaborative leadership style through consistent influence and direction. We hear collaborative leadership bandied around quite often, but what is it exactly? It's all about how people interact across functional and organizational boundaries. It requires cognitive diversity. Now you're probably wondering what that means, cognitive diversity. You need diversity in the way in people's thoughts. And we spoke about this on the previous episode the diversity of thoughts is where real diversity occurs. So collaborative leadership will not be successful if you're in collaborating with a team of individuals that think alike, have similar backgrounds and experience, occupy the same hierarchical positions, etc. There needs to be a complete differentiation in diversity in those different aspects. Because creativity and innovation require divergent thinking and dialogue. Now a collaborative team isn't just a group of people who work together, it's a group of people who work together who trust each other in their reliability, integrity and honesty. In an atmosphere of high trust, where communication is open, goals are created together, setbacks are analyzed for the purpose of learning rather than blaming, and our successes are celebrated and shared with people because people respond by taking ownership. We need people to become more engaged. And this occurs when there is that trust and reliability, the integrity and honesty between each other. Because nothing builds trust faster in a team of people than getting to know one another as individuals. So important. How often do you take the time to step out from the work environment to actually get to know each individual for who they are rather than what they do? Now, innovation is triggered by cross-pollinations and that cross-pollination of the way we think, 
the way we act, the way we do things, our perspectives on life. So leaders need to trigger the shared instinct where they create a psychological safe workplace, a place that people feel secure, valued and trusted. As the leader, you have a role of connecting, attracting diverse talent, modeling co collaboration at the top, and most importantly, showing a strong hand to keep teams from getting totally immersed in debate, in confrontation, yes, debate, confrontation, and diverse points of view are so important, but we need to make sure it doesn't go too far. Because when it goes too far, then it can become toxic. And the last thing we want is a toxic environment. So how do we ensure that everyone can have their say, everyone can share their perspective, but at the same time, feel comfortable and that a collaborative decision will be made. Now, in his best-selling book, The Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell used the term connector, where he, where he talked about a whole group of individuals with many different ties and backgrounds from different social worlds coming together. It's not the number of people they know that makes connectors significant. However, it's their ability to link people, ideas and resources that wouldn't normally come together. In business, connectors are the critical facilitators of collaboration. So are you as a leader, a connector? of divergent worlds that you can converge together to truly produce innovation and creativity that takes you to a whole nother level. There's plenty of research out there that consistently shows that diverse teams produce better results provided they are well led. The ability to bring people together from those different backgrounds, cultures, disciplines, uh, generations, and different components of power within a team. Therefore, having a collaborative environment is a must have for all leaders. What's interesting is that many companies do the first part. They spend lots of time, money, and energy attracting talented employees only to put them into an environment of homogenized processes that kill creativity. So not only do you have to talk the talk, you must walk the walk when it comes to collaborative leadership and building a team that is diverse in its thinking, 
and its perspective and its background. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, for all collaboration, there needs to be some level of conflict, debate and confrontation. Now, confrontation, I'm meaning the French meaning of the word confrontation. So it's not like a physical confrontation. It is, it is around how you can trust each other to debate something to make it better. It's to challenge to make it better. Not to undermine someone, not to discourage something, not to um, devalue something. It's to help improve it. Now, once we start getting employees or our team members to collaborate, we then can face a different problem, which is overdoing it. And if we allow people to collaborate all the time, what tends to happen is that they collaborate on everything and you end up with a whole lot of meetings and a whole lot of discussion a whole lot of debating of ideas, but they struggle to find consensus. They don't reach decisions and they cannot execute quickly. So rather than being the oil that greases the wheel, collaboration can become the sand that grinds it to a halt. So the, the most effective collaborative leaders in the world assume a strong role of directing teams. So they're very good at forming and disbanding collaborative teams as opportunities arise in the same way that you would see a movie set where they bring in a whole lot of people to collaborate from producers, directors, actors, writers, and technicians, but it's only for the lifespan of the movie project. So we need to think of our collaborative leadership and efforts as highly fluid and not just confined to everyday work and not just confined to companies' silos. So because if it stays in the silos, it will then become very insular and very narrow in its divergent thinking and innovation. It needs to be across silos, across departments, across areas, across companies, across sectors, across industries and cultures. So effective leaders must assign clear roles and responsibilities so that at the appropriate time the discussion can end and a final call be made. So we need to think of it as loosening control without losing control. So as leaders we must have influence and direction when it comes to collaborative leading. And with collaborative leading, you must lead with influence and direction. So it comes both sides. Now, as a collaborative leader, 
you need to be able to take risks because if you're not willing to take risks, then you are always going to fall back on what you know and what you think. So you need to be open because that's when the true innovation and creativity occurs. You need to be a fantastic listener. And remember, silence is the sound of intelligence. You must be extremely passionate too, to the project, to the team, to the cause, because if your team members don't feel that, then I'm not sure whether the collaborative leadership is going to go too far. You need more of an optimistic view of the future. And you need to have the ability to share knowledge, power and credit. Quite often I will see leaders who credit the outcomes and results of something to other people, even though they may have had a massive influence on that decision coming to um, that decision or the success of a project. You need to also be able to simplify complex situations. Remember, simplification is sophistication. So we need to make things simple and then the collaboration can occur easier because there are less boundaries to understanding. When there are less boundaries to understanding, people are more willing to speak up, the creativity starts to occur, people feel empowered. You're also going to need to be prepared to handle conflict well in advance. Because as you know, when you open up, you take some more risk. You also take, you also end up in, you could end up in a situation where it could, because of divergent views and perspectives, get a little bit out of control. So how are you going to handle that conflict when it does occur? Because most times there will be some conflict. If there isn't, you've got too many like-minded people in the room. Have, having the courage to act for the long term enables collaborative leadership to really take place. Because if you're focusing on short term, the collaborative leadership won't have enough time to develop and move forward. So we need to think long term. We must inject energy, passion, and drive into our leadership style. Otherwise, people are going to think, what's it all worth being involved in this collaborative leadership? They need to feel that energy, feel the passion, and feel the drive to make things happen. I encourage you to think around collaborative leadership as leading by example. We talked a little bit earlier, you can't just walk the walk, you must talk the talk. And I'm going to flip that back around, you must not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. And you have to set and model those right behaviors that you're looking for in that collaborative leadership style. You need to be willing to take risks, continually question your own ideas, and reward others for their communication and valuable insights. 
the more we get people to speak up, the more we get people to challenge, to critique, to express different viewpoints, different perspectives, the more likely we are to advance, the more likely you are to develop innovative and creative ideas that will help the group continue to evolve and excite people to want to be a part of. How are you going to develop your collaborative leadership so that you have consistent influence and direction on where the team or company is heading? Now, if you found this episode had a positive influence on you, then please share with your community of influence and proximity so they too can become a world-class leader. Now, coming up on the next episode, 132 of the Active CEO podcast, we have Ron Carucci talking about rising to power with influence. This guy's worked with some of the big companies around the world, including PepsiCo. He knows the thing or two around rising through the ranks of power with influence. So look out for that conversation. To learn more about breaking the CEO code, then go to craigjohns.com.au or join the conversation on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram by searching Craig Johns or Craig Johns Official. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate that you're listening. If you have any questions, please reach out. I'm Craig Johns. This is the Active CEO Podcast, where the ordinary don't belong. Join the Active CEO movement by visiting www.nrgtoperform.com. That's nrg2perform.com. Share this podcast on LinkedIn and be sure to tag in NRG to Perform. Leave a review on iTunes, drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the NRG to Perform Facebook and Instagram pages. Be sure to check out the next Active CEO podcast where the ordinary don't belong.